Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. It's 2 p.m. in Memphis. Giannato and Jeffrey time. Get off the fence. Live on Memphis's sports station. 92.9 FM ESPN. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Giannotto and Jeffrey Show. Coming to you live from Memphis, Tennessee. My name is Jeffrey Wright. You can follow me on Twitter at jwright929ESPN. Dennis Fuller's producing the program for us. Glad he is with us. Mark's going to join us via the phone in just a moment. Let's set the schedule for today. It's Tuesday, so it's Tell the Truth Tuesday. We'll start with the Grizzlies. We'll get into the Tigers and perhaps maybe a little bit more 240. Tim Murray's going to join the program and talk some college basketball with us. We'll see if he's got any plays for tonight. We'll also get some big picture thoughts as we head into the beginning of conference tournaments. Three o'clock, we'll get into the list. Lots to get to from the world of the NFL. It's Combine Speaking Day. We'll get into some of the comments from that. We'll get into a tweet from Jeff Darlington and more. We'll preview the Grizzlies and Lakers tonight. We'll tell your story. And then we will get out of here. But now let's bring on the Commercial Appeals lead sports columnist, the lead sports columnist of the number one sports section in the state of Tennessee. Top three sports columnist in the state of Tennessee, barely. Tied for eighth, best sports columnist in the United States of America. He's on Twitter, at MGianato. Mark, good day, sir. It's a, uh, well, it's a LeBronless day, Jeffrey. I, I, maybe he's here. I'm guessing he's, he's here in the city of Memphis. Oh no, no! He's got to get some, got to get some treatment at home, right? But they were in Dallas when he got hurt. Do you think he went home? You think he went home on his own? You, I, I, I bet he could have. I'd be surprised if he were here tonight. At the end of the bench tonight, being a good soldier with the team, getting his treatment with the team, it probably brought his team with him on the road. Well, the question is: is does Coach LeBron need some reps right now? <laughs> well. Coach LeBron, come on. Mm-hmm. They have a very competent head coach. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh, sure. What's his name again? Darvin, Darvin Ham. Ham. 
Yeah, oh, yeah, that, and that's right. I forgot this is like a big – because him and Taylor Jenkins are like good butts uh, from that from those uh, Mike Budenholzer uh, staff. So this should – another layer. Maybe that, that replaces the, the, the layer of LeBron that we were supposed to get in tonight's Grizzlies-Lakers game at FedEx Forum. Um, it's been replaced by Darvin Ham and Taylor Jenkins, uh, the, uh, the chess match between two former Budenholzer assistants. One thing that I do think is interesting – is I don't know if it speaks to maybe the power of LeBron's voice with the Lakers. It does feel like, considering you know this team hasn't been very good, this is the least amount of friction between him and a coach that we've seen in a while. Um, I guess so. I mean, usually by now he would be he'd be. Well, I mean, I'll be honest. It's only Darvin Ham. He's only been a coach for three quarters of a year. Never stopped yeah, LeBron before. The season. That's never stopped him in the past. I don't know. He's never been gotten a guy out in one year. Even Blatt like lasted what two three years. I thought Blatt was like a year and a half. Okay. Well, there you go. So this would be a this would be a this would be a, even even by LeBron standards, this would be a quick trigger. On Darvin Ham, um, yeah, it was a year and a half. But I will say, when the when you found out last night that he miraculously played through this foot injury the other night, Jeffrey, because mm-hmm. he's going to be reevaluated here and not be back for a couple weeks. When I first heard the news, I'll be honest, my initial reaction was, "This is like the perfect scenario for LeBron mm-hmm. because he made this promise." Okay, these are the most important, you know. These are the most important 23 games of my career. It would be a stain on my, you know, like I can't miss the playoffs in consecutive years. Like he he laid the gauntlet down for himself Mm -hmm. over the all-star break a little bit. And this injury, Jeffrey, gives him the, like he gives him an out. It gives him an out. He's able to eat his cake, you know, to have his cake and eat it too. Like he's, he's, he, he was able to say those things over the all-star break. And now he's got like kind of an app to say like even if they don't accomplish it, you know, like hurt my foot. You yeah, know? like I hurt my foot. What do you want me to do? Yeah, Mark, he's feared to be out long enough to see if he needs to be. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the truth. That's the truth. Mm-hmm. On Tell the Truth Tuesday, right there. It is indeed. Um, I don't know. I kind of go back and forth, like. He's clearly hurt. Like to to act like that, you oh, know. I'm not yeah. acting as if he's oh, not and hurt. Oh, no, no, no. And and, and to be hurt. clear, well, I, that's more of a clarification for me. But okay. this does feel like the perfect. I, let's just say this. So no D'Angelo Russell tonight as well. If the Lakers go on like a skid, and all of a sudden it's going to be you know three back of the play in like of tenth, I'm not sure LeBron's going to be ramping up. You think this two weeks could extend a little bit? Yeah. Now, if they play well enough to where they're kind of in the thick of it, in the mix, then I think we'll see them again. Well, but it's really only a two-week injury. They could, they'll could, they still be in the mix in two weeks well, no matter Mark, what. Mark, did you not see the news? What? It's two weeks to reassess. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If, if But, like, you know, we can reassess two weeks. You know, he's a quick – he's been a fast healer in the past, Jeffrey. Yeah, but he's that's the other thing that's kind of – you know, you and I are at that age now where, like, the guys that we've watched our whole lives are now starting to break down, and that's kind of a that's kind of a touchstone moment in life. Like, you know, obviously Tiger's been like broken down seven or eight times and, and come back again, but 
you know, with LeBron, well, Jeffrey, I'm starting to break down. No, that's what I'm saying. Like it's a it's a sign of aging, and yeah. you know, I don't I don't think LeBron at 38 gets back like he could at even 32, much less 28. Yeah, so changes a little bit of the complexion of tonight's game. Now it feels like a game for the Grizzlies. Um, you you know, I'm not saying tonight was I, they would have been favored. I think even if LeBron had been playing, would be my yeah, guess. The the line basically moved five points. So, how much of that is just LeBron? How much of that is D'Angelo Russell? I don't know. It moved to nine. Yeah. So, my, my you know, this turns into a game where you know, look, you're in. Uh, you're trying to secure your spot in number two. This is a game you should win. Um, you know, I know Anthony Davis is going to be playing. They have a, you know, Malik Beasley. Um, a guy who's had success against the Grizzlies in the past. Um, they got some guys. It's not a totally inept Lakers team. Um, but hey, you want to go out and try Yeah, you know, If you're the Grizzlies, you've been playing better. Um, it feels like it's now, you know, it's not just a showcase. It's not a showcase game. I, mean, I know it's on national TV. It's like just one of those games, you know, you're trying to be the number two seed in the West. These are the type of games you win. Yeah, I, that is kind of – it's kind of fascinating how now it feels like it went into a category of, all right, go get the revenge from the, the Shannon Sharp game, if you will. Like, you know, show them that was a fluke. To now it's like, don't lose this game. Well, yeah, you're, you're on national TV. You haven't had the greatest success on national TV this year. Um, and here's a chance to kind of get right on national TV, you know, kind of show people, nationally that you're playing at a high level again. Um, and so, uh, you know, they played – I mean, they, they're coming off a fantastic performance against the Denver Nuggets the other night. Um, and so, if they can look a lot like that team again against the Lakers, that'd be a really good sign, it feels like, going into this, you know, what is a four-game West Coast road trip you've got here coming up. And, you know, the last two extended West Coast road trips did not go as planned. Yeah, the Grizzlies are one and four on TNT. They're four and two on ESPN and zero oh and two on ABC. So overall, by my math, that's five and that's five and eight this year on, well, on national like TV. Tonight, though, you're not getting Barkley. Barkley, Kenny, and Shaq don't work Tuesdays, right? I think they only work Thursdays. I don't. When when it ramps up to playoff time, doesn't it change? I, typically, they haven't been. But you are getting Mark. The bird is in the building. Mm, Ian Eagle. Eagle and Ian Eagle is on the call with Jim Jackson. Jared Greenberg will be doing the sideline reporting. But you know that's that's also oh, a nice bro. it's also a nice appetizer. They're they're a staple of the first like Playoff. weekend. Well, the first weekend of NCAA tournament. Like we're gonna get oh, a lot right. of right. lot of lot of the bird they're with Jim Jackson. Yeah, are you telling me they're getting reps in, well, in and, Memphis? And also we're getting some reps in. Yeah, yeah. Good point. Good point. Um, well, here's the other thing that I think the LeBron injury underscored to me. Because, again, like the, the complexion of this game has changed a little bit. And, like, the reality is, if they, you know, this is now a game they should win. And so if they go out and do it, it's not going to necessarily – like, ultimately, like, how you view the Grizzlies this year, I don't think is going to change based off this game. Like, if you're high on them, you're still going to be high on them. And if you're not if – you're, if, you, if you're skeptical of them – um, 
a win tonight probably isn't going to – if that's the tipping point, then you shouldn't have been skeptical to begin with. You know what I mean? Yeah, if the um, ghost of the Lakers is what sways you one way or the other, then we probably weren't on the same page to begin with. Yeah, but it's just underscoring, and, and it goes – This is you know, LeBron's injury that tonight is different than load management – but I think load management and that con- the controversy over you know how few games these guys are now playing plays into this. Like I- I've just gotten this sinking feeling since they've come back from the All Star break that like the answer I'm looking for the like the magic like oh this is the team that's going to go on a run in in the play. This is the Grizzlies team version of the Grizzlies that's going to go on a run you know to the Western Conference Finals. There it is. Like. I just don't know if we're ever going to get that sort of clarity because I don't know what to, you know, like you're, it just feels like we're so rarely seeing teams at full strength and like fully engaged this season, or at least it just feels less so than ever for whatever reason. And sometimes it's not always like engagement. A lot of times it's due to injury, but sometimes it is due to engagement as well. And a combination of the two. And it's like, the truth is about the NBA is like, we're just not going to know until we know. And that's like when we know it's going to be the playoffs, because that's the only time we're going to get the perfect combination of like motivation, engagement, and health, if you will. Or if there isn't health, it's like, it's just the end of the line. So like, if you're not healthy, you're not healthy. Yeah. I'm trying to lay out the scenarios that would, that would go against that. And to me, Mm -hmm. these, these would be the scenarios. Steven Adams comes back, and they get into tight fourth quarters, and they start closing out games. Wouldn't that kind of make you feel better? Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I think that is a that is a thing in the near dis near future that maybe could potentially be that you know the that defining little uh, addition that makes you feel comfortable going into the playoffs. Seeing Dylan Brooks continue to shoot the basketball a little bit better. You know what I mean? Like there, it seems like now he's kind of like point. I'm going to need to see like him put together like 10 games in a row. That's what I'm saying. So like uh, with the the remainder, if he did, that would probably change how you feel. Right. Yeah. But I don't buy that. No, no, I'm, I'm just trying to lay out the scenarios. Mm -hmm. Um, Tyus getting back to being an offensive score. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, that plus Adams could be like enough to kind of make you know put this team into a different category again. It feels like, and then I think if the, you can get those two things: the Adams, Adams coming back, yeah, and like providing the impact that it appears the numbers suggest he provides that he's provided this year, and then you add in Tyus consistently being like a threat to score double digits every game. Yeah, and I think they need that out of him, to be quite honest. I know he's the backup point guard, but, like... They play him like he's, like, their seventh or eighth guy. Yeah, like, I think they they need... They just... They need outside shooting from him. And then the the other thing that I can think of, just off the top of my head, if Luke Kennard starts to show, you know, hey, if that's another guy off the bench that can give you double figures consistently and can hit some threes, maybe... But, I mean, I think the bigger question is, you know, to your overall point, how many opportunities do we have left that – because a lot of this really stems from you want to see this team in the fourth quarter of close games figure out ways to win and get back to being, you know, fourth quarter Grizzlies as they were last year. 
I think the bigger question, though, is how many of those opportunities are going to be out there? And I don't know if we're going to get a clear answer before the playoffs, to your point. And and here's the truth. You mentioned those three things that can, like, all, you know, be something that, like, sways you and goes, okay, this team's ready now. The, the Steven Adams coming back and, like, things just going, you know, going back to the way they were and, um, um, you know, bouncing right back, if you will. Um, the Dylan Brooks hitting shots. Um, Tyus Jones being a threat off the bench. Um, like, all three of those things – you know, only one of the, you know, potentially, you know, only one or two of those are actually going to help you in crunch time. You know, yeah. like, uh, uh, I mean, maybe you'll have Tyus out there well, in crunch time. And you know, maybe you'll have Steven Adams out there in crunch time. You know, I think for defensive purposes, more often than not, Dylan is going to be out there in crunch time. Well, I mean, um, how many, how many, how many situations can Luke Kennard like close out games? Yeah, well, I think it's going to probably depend on what position the Grizzlies are in. Like, if it's a close game where they're down by 4-5, I think you might see Luke Kennard. If it's a close game where they're up by, you know, 1-2-3, you know, you're going to see Dylan Brooks. Yeah, and, and I think getting to, like, the overall point that you're making, and because I think I agree with you, isn't there also in the back of your mind, even if you start to see these things, isn't there still going to be the thought of, all right, we'll go show it in the playoffs? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just, this team will be told, this is the first Grizzlies team in a while whose legacy, if you will, will be, it feels like almost completely dependent on what they do in the playoffs. And to me, that's kind of the more fascinating discussion. Is this the byproduct of, okay, well, this team's now been together, you know, you've had the core together for three years, you know, the big three, if you will, for I guess two and a half. Is that more reflective of, okay, this is their window opening? Or is this really just kind of more reflective of the nature of the NBA right now where it really does feel like the regular season just is, you don't want to say meaningless, but at the same time, it's all all NBA teams are just going to be defined by their playoff success. So to me, the question is, is this more of a reflection of the NBA or is this more of a reflection of where the Grizzlies are on their timeline, if you will? I think it's more just based on where they are on their timeline. Like for that, for in this particular instance, I mean, I think it can be both at the same time. And that, like, they could I think be a product the NBA, of the. They could be a product of the NBA that they're in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's also, I think, more so. Um, like, I think we'd be complaining about. Um, I think we'd be complaining about. Uh, I guess the structure of the NBA season, no matter whether they were winning or if they were losing. It's the fact that they've won so much lately, and like, you know, you ultimately, you know, it's just the natural progression in the in the evolution of a you know, team that's actually trying to contend. Um, at a certain point, there are certain benchmarks that you have to reach. Like, and they've reached most of the regular season benchmarks. You know, it's the postseason benchmarks that they still haven't yet passed. Um, and so, ultimately, I think it's just a reflection of what they've accomplished as a group is that, listen, like, you know, winning 50 games isn't enough now, you know, it's like, you gotta win, you know, you gotta win 50 games in advance in the playoffs. Yeah. Like uh, I, I was thinking about it this way. If the Grizzlies, let's say the Grizzlies hold on to the second seed and they win 50 plus games. Mm-hmm. I think at this point, 
probably unlikely to get to 56, right, of the remaining, I think at that point that means of the remaining 23, you'd have to win 20, right? Did I do that right? There's 23 remaining. Um, yeah, I think that's right. How many? They, yeah, there's 23 remaining. And they have 36 wins. Yeah. So um, the odds of them going 20 and three seem unlikely. Yeah. So like they're probably going to win more like 45 games this year. But if they do get to that two seed, actually, I take that back. Like they could get to 50. Yeah, I think they, they get. get to I think 50 is on the table because they they still do have in terms of win percentage, and like tonight's the perfect example. This game is a lot tougher on Sunday than you think it is tonight. You know what I mean? Like, looking at this game, it's a completely different thing. But the Grizzlies of the remaining uh, of the, the remaining schedule, they have the, in terms of win percentage of opponents, they have the easiest remaining schedule, and they have the most games to play. So yeah. there's the opportunity to, to rack up wins, but, you know, a lot of, the, you know, some of these teams where, you know, maybe they're sub-500 at the time that you're doing the numbers – well, you know, look at, like, the Warriors. You know, if the Warriors are at full strength, we know that's better than a 500 basketball team. So it, it, it's kind of also taking taking a snapshot of, like, the NBA right now where the record isn't necessarily telling the story. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, it, particularly in the West. Like, no one in the – if you look at this, over the last 10 games, there's only one team in the West that went seven and three over the last ten. It's the Denver Nuggets. Everyone else in the Western Conference, except for Houston and San Anto- Houston and San Antonio, has gone either four and six, five and five, or six and four over the last ten games. Yeah, and like I just kind of think about it in terms of all right. Let's say the Grizzlies get the two. The Grizzlies, by the way, have gone five and five over the last ten. If the Grizzlies get the two and get bounced in the first round, versus falling to the three and winning a playoff series, you're going to feel better about being the three seed and winning a playoff series, right? Yeah, I mean, I think so. Absolutely. I mean, doesn't that right there kind of answer the question? Like, this team is going to be defined by the playoffs. Yeah, I think if you're the two seed and lose or you're the six seed and win, you know, it's it's clearly better. You know, like, you're you're ultimately no one's, you know – I don't think people talk about last year's teams in terms of they were the second seed in the West. They go, they lost in the second round to the Golden State Warriors, you know? I mean, it's certainly the lasting impression. Like, you know, I, I, when you think about the when you think about the emotions of last year, I feel like it was more defined by losing to the Warriors, especially in kind of the series that it was where it was just so emotional and, you know, there was so much talking going on. Like, that outweighs the fact that they won the Southwest Division. That outweighs the fact they tied the franchise record for wins, right? Yeah. Like, you don't even really think about, like, those two things are achievements, and, and I think they're significant in terms of when you look at what this team will have accomplished when their careers are done, like their resume lines, but it's still more defined by what they did against Golden State. Yeah. Well, in the more micro sense, do you, do you sense, they're about, you know, they've, they've, they're through their struggles and like, you know, cause this next stretch here is very interesting, obviously still, even though, as you mentioned by win percentage, they've got the easy schedule coming up, but they've got four straight road games after this. I think like seven of their next nine are on the road, something like that. Um, and this has not been a good road team this year. I know that they're not, um, back, they're not, what they've got 10 days after tonight. I think it's nine days away from home. 
It's something like that. They play the Warriors a week from uh, Thursday, I believe. Thursday at home, and then they're back on the road, I think. Um, yeah, to your point. You know, so they got four straight on the road. Then they come home to play Golden State. They play Golden and State then, and Dallas kind of on a Thursday, Saturday, and then they go to and then they Dallas. Got three more road games. Yeah, and then they're basically home for the end of the month of March. Yeah. So, um, and then the schedule eases up really too because they get they get that's when they get the Rockets twice in Orlando and so they're at home, the games are at home. Um, you really should be able to take care of business. You know, really, I think you're going to rack up some wins there for uh, for a couple weeks. Right, right around the time the the it's like NCAA tournament time, they're just going to rack up some easy wins. Um, and that's, that's where you're getting, it's the easiest schedule. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I think they're set up nicely for whatever C two, three, whatever, like they're going to be one of those two, it feels like, and it's, you know, but like, that's ultimately not gonna, you know, like I said, it's just this feeling of, it's not, you know, none of this, none of this in the regular season ultimately is going to be, um, it, it's, we're not, I just don't know if we're going to have some crystallized moment. Like maybe when they go out, if they go out against the Warriors at home next Thursday and just blow out the Warriors and then beat Dallas, you know, back to back, do something like that, you know, you know, maybe, but I mean, like maybe, um, but at the same time, like, isn't part of your hang up with this team is th- we know they're a really good home team. It's just it's, yeah, that's why I said Dallas back to back because that means you'd be winning in Dallas. Um, you know, I don't know if they do. If they look good, you know, if they go into Denver and beat the Nuggets again, I think that could be a game. You know, if they go and do that, yeah, I mean that know? that road stretch of Houston, Denver, Clippers, Lakers. Mm-hmm. You go three and one in that. I'm starting to think, okay, m- maybe something's yeah. a little different. Three and one, come back and beat the Warriors and Mavericks at home. Now you start. Now you're starting to. Um, now you're getting somewhere. Um, now you're now you're now it feels like you've completely turned the tide. But I do think they certainly feel like they're in a better place than a couple weeks ago. Um, you know that that game against um, that game against Denver was encouraging to see Tyus come alive, um, to see Ja bounce back from a really inefficient game against Philly, to see there was like no hangover from kind of blowing that Philly game. Um, and that's, that, that'll make tonight interesting as well. And that, you know, if they can come out and look good again in a second straight game, like they, they can go out on national TV and kind of take it to the Lakers, which is frankly, you know, with no LeBron, like that seems like it's a poss- it, that's entirely possible. If you play the way you did, uh, the first three quarters against Philly and the first, you know, and, and against Denver, um, you know, now, you know, maybe they can get some momentum again. It just feels like, but I, I, I'm still, I, I don't know. It, it does feel like the West is so compact this year, from two through like eleven, that, um, you know, maybe maybe this eliminates the Lakers from that kind of dangerous playoff opponent mix. If LeBron can't get right by the end of the year, he maybe can can come back. But if he's not 100, percent like that kind of takes them out of the scary of playoff opponent pile, if you will. But there's there's an awful lot of them this year, it feels like. And so um, until you get past that first round, it does feel like you're going to have this sort of feeling of uncertainty just because it, it 
there's so many, it feels like, you know, similar teams in the Western Conference this year. No, I, I think that's more than fair. All right, you ready for you ready to switch gears to the Tigers? Okay, let's do it. All right, you ready for my tell the truth? What's that? Don't leave this to the judges. Mm. Go knock them out. Go beat Houston, and you're in. All this conversation we're having about bubble, whatnot, it is a very simple formula. If you win Sunday, and yes, I get it, it's the number one team in the country. Thursday, Jeffrey. They got a game Thursday. It is. It's more important to win the Thursday game than it is the Sunday game. Well, it is is fascinating how today's media availability, Kendrick's conversation was all about Thursday night, which is obvious because that's where he played, and there, you know, there's the homecoming element, and Penny's focused on Houston. And, you know, Penny's even talking about keeping the series going. But to me, you have an opportunity at home to end all discussion, all debate, punch your ticket, go knock them out. Don't leave it to the judges. It's You know what I mean? Like we've seen, you know, you saw, you saw how they played against Houston on the road without Kendrick. This isn't an insurmountable task. Yeah, well, I think I think what's it also, by the way, would be a fitting ending to this college basketball season. Do you realize if Memphis were to knock off Houston, that would set the record for most times the number one team was beaten in a in a year, gave up the number one. Perfect. It it really is. Wouldn't it be a great way to book in the season? It really would. It really would to like knock off the. It's going to be great on Sunday, Um, and and what today really reinforced to me. Like my truth is, this is this is going to be a really emotional week of Tiger basketball because you're, you heard Kendrick today talking about uh, going back to SMU, how he's been getting text messages already from all sorts of people at SMU talking about the game. Um, you know, Penny is like giving him advice on how to deal with you know what potentially the environment could be. Telling him to take deep breaths, little woosah action, um, you know. So, um, by the way, that on is Thursday. Penny aware that Moody Coliseum's not going to be packed like it was, you know, the last couple of years with no, Kendrick? No, but I do think there'll be some. You know, I think there will be some people there to heckle Kendrick. Does that make sense? I think you're right. I don't. Think uh, it's when does it? Let's, when's SMU spring break start? I don't know. Um. But uh, yeah, March thirteenth. Never mind. Yeah. Um, no. But you're right. I think it. I don't in think the live look ins that I've seen of Moody Coliseum, it does not appear that uh, it's not aren't bought into that ten and nineteen SMU team. Nah, I'm I'm thinking there might be some things going on in Uptown Dallas that uh, the SMU kids might be getting into. Um, well, regardless, it's gonna it'll be an in, you know for for Kendrick, I'm sure it'll be a sure. For him, yeah, you understand why it's emotional. It's going to be an experience. And then Sunday, I mean, Penny's already talking about it. He's, like, predicting a packed house. Um, and, you know, I expect the biggest crowd of the year on Sunday for that Houston game. First time, or Memphis has never knocked off I don't or hosted a number one team in the country. So Calkins, Calkins did some research. They hosted, like, Louisville as a number one team, but I do not mm-hmm. believe that they've ever beaten the number one team at home. Gotcha. Okay, so it's not. It's they've hosted number one Louisville, right? And they've been the number one team, but yes, yes, no, like the number one versus number two against Tennessee, they were the number one team uh, back in '08. The swinger um, in the orange jacket. 
I mean, this will be one of the, you know, this will be one of the biggest home games in uh, program history, I think. Like, you know, one of the top ten, you know, right? Something like that. Oh, I, I mean, I, I know we talked about it earlier in the week. And yes, I don't know if it cracks the top five yet. If they win it, maybe it does. Well, like, I know we talked about it. Like, yes, this is kind of the same scenario as last year. I do think with Houston being number one, it adds a completely different element. I think you're right. Like, I, I have I, if you if you if you can get your first home win over a number one team, and um, and at the same time, it like story. punches it punches your ticket. Like that would that would put you in the tournament. Like that's a special afternoon. Yeah. No, I think we might even get a court storming. Oh. Because the one thing for Memphis is they usually don't have enough students at the game to do like a real court storm, you know? But lately, it feels like the student section has been getting a little better at those games. The last two home games in particular, um, they've been more of a presence. Um, So there's potential for that as well. Yeah, I'm also in on – I don't know if this is – a new development, or I'm just starting to notice it, but I am all in on the pep band being led from the front. We got a lead guitarist, and I started noticing, was that sun, remember that Sunday game that was like 11 a.m., and there just wasn't a great crowd, and the, the mic by the pep band was super hot, and whoever's shredding the guitar, uh, <laughs> he's doing the Lord's work. I mean, and it's it's like such a range of stuff. Like, you go from, like, Nirvana to, you know, you're hearing, like, modern, like, stuff from the 70s. It's just great work, and it's just a delight to listen to. No, oh, well, I'm glad you, uh, I'm glad yeah, you I appreciate it. it. Maybe someone can uh, provide us the name of this young man or young woman. Uh, Frank, and maybe, you know, uh, I don't know, like, maybe they're, they're trading off. I don't know, but the, whoever, yeah. whoever's, it's, it's always good In to lead from the front. The yes, lead with the six string. Yeah. Um, but, uh, no, it's going to be, I think it's going to be a great atmosphere, uh, for that game, and just uh, you know, it's a big week for it's it's the biggest week of the year for Tiger basketball to date. Um, you know, it's just that's what it feels like. Um, that's what it is. Um, it's the you know, it's this team's uh, biggest week of the season. You know? Yeah, like you so haven't I, had a you've not had a perfect season, but you've had a really good season. Go cap it off with a go cap it off with a signature moment, and like, Sunday does feel like a fitting moment. For the Tigers, if they like, to my my deal is like, end all this conversation about well, what if they lose this game, but they don't lose this game? Like, go win Sunday, it's over. Yeah, I think you're. Uh, I know you're. I you know I know you're right. I think they're in with. I think they're in with a win tomorrow, but or excuse me Thursday, but you they're absolutely in if they beat Houston on Sunday. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, I think they're in if they win tomorrow, because like when you look at the teams around them. Memphis has clearly been like the most consistent of these teams, but there are still enough teams that maybe they get enough resume lines that it ends up bouncing you. But I don't know. Like to me, like it's a really simple, like you can leave it up. If you don't win Sunday, you're going to leave it up to the judges unless you win the conference tournament. This is an opportunity to get the knockout. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait to be done talking to you on the phone. And uh, I can actually go to a game again, and that game in particular. You got some cabin fever? Yeah, starting especially because it's nice out today. Oh, uh, you know? today! Today was like day. the first roll down the windows and get your get your summer tunes going. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the the I mean, pickup songs. I was trying to do some work in the backyard, but still, would have liked to have been out and about. 
right, buddy. We'll uh, bring you back in hour number two. We've got to get into, buddy. We got to talk about Tom Brady post post football. It's mm. uh, it's not setting up nicely. So we'll we'll do that during hour number two when Mark rejoins the program. We'll stick with college basketball. Let's see if Tim Murray's got any games for the night. We'll get his thoughts on the college basketball landscape. We'll do that next right here on Giannotto and Jeffrey. 92.9. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. ESPN. Giannato and Jeffrey broadcast live from the Red River Toyota Studios. Check out Red River Toyota in Wynn, Arkansas. This hour of G&J is brought to you by the Next Generation 10G Network, only from Xfinity. The Giannato and Jeffrey Show on 92.9 FM ESPN. Turn a loss into a win with BetMGM, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. Place a one-game parlay wager with at least four legs on any NHL game. If all legs of the parlay hit but one, you'll get your stake back in bonus bets up to $25. Just log into your account or download the app and sign up with BetMGM to get started. Then opt into the one-game parlay insurance promotion. Place a one-game parlay wager with four legs or more on any NHL game. If you miss only one leg on your wager, you'll receive up to $25 back in bonus bets. Turn game time into showtime with the king of sportsbooks. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. You must be in Tennessee. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire seven days from issuance. For problem gambling support, call the Tennessee Red Line. 1-800-889-9789. Tim Murray is, of course, the host of VSIN Live, airing primetime from 6 until 9 Eastern. Also the host of VSIN's College Basketball Betting Podcast. Go download, like, subscribe. Tim did Saturday feel like uh, maybe an early beginning of March? Yeah, it really did. Um, you know, the comebacks, the buzzer beaters, um, and even on Sunday, right, we had 
um, you know, the Michigan comeback, the buzzer beater there. It it has been uh, if if you haven't been diving fully into college basketball yet, I feel like Saturday and Sunday was oh okay yeah now now's the time to to get ingrained into into what is college basketball, and I think also it was a precursor, in my opinion, to what the NCAA tournament will look like yeah. when you have a team like Arizona losing to Arizona State. I know it was a 65-footer, but it's, you know, it's it's a a uh, a big upset, you know. Maryland dismantles Northwestern who had been red hot. Purdue loses again to Indiana. Uh, yeah, Purdue loses again to Indiana. I mean, it was kind of just what this season has been kind of in a microcosm there over the weekend. Is Matt Painter's team uh, rounding into March Madness form? Seems like it. Certainly does. Um, you know, this was – they burned me last year, so I was just kind of sitting back with a little hesitancy. I'm like, ah, maybe, maybe, maybe this is different, and here we go again. Um, but, you know, this this is the – and, you know, later this week they go on the road to, to face Wisconsin, and who knows? Maybe they'll destroy Wisconsin and – Beat Illinois on the road, which uh, Illinois seems to be just a completely different team on the road, like pretty much every other Big Ten team. It is. Uh, it does feel like, though, that Purdue is at least the last month. I mean, look at their month of February. Um, lose to Indiana, home win against Iowa, lose to Northwestern and Maryland, beat Ohio State, lose to Indiana. I mean, they're they're two and four in their last six games. Well, and to me, like the bigger question is. We can make the Matt Painter jokes. I mean, the same way we make. I, think, I actually think Matt Painter's a good coach. I do too. I really I, do. I just. I actually, and, and some coaches, for some whatever reason, I don't know if it's roster construction or whatnot, just seem to struggle in the, in the NCAA tournament. You know, ask Rick Barnes about the NCAA tournament. I mean, to me with Purdue, when I watch them play, it's like, oh man, I like how they run offense. Like I really do. But I start to wonder, like, with teams like Purdue and Arizona that you mentioned. Doesn't so much of their offense feel predicated on bigs, and that just doesn't seem to be a great formula when you get into March. Absolutely. I mean, thinking back to last year and the fact that Purdue, with a lottery pick at guard in Jaden Ivey and two bigs in Travion Williams and Zach Eady, for some reason Matt Painter just refused to play them together, um, they they got beat by St. Peter's. Uh, it was stunning. They, you know, blew a halftime lead in that game. But I mean that that was pretty pretty eye opening uh, to to what Purdue is. And and look, they they do they still have a chance to win it all? Of course they do. I mean this this year, I could give you I could give you reasons why I don't know upwards of twenty teams could win it all, and I could re- give you reasons why those twenty teams won't win it all. I mean that's what I think we're getting into, and that's why. I believe, and I'm excited for uh, this NCAA tournament. Why I think it's it's really going to be incredibly unpredictable. Is the Big Twelve as good as the perception is? Um, I th- I think so. Um, but I don't. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say that the Big Twelve is definitely going to win a national championship. I mean, you got to remember this. How, how many? I, I was about, trying to remember how many years ago was it? Was it like two or three years ago? I remember, the Big Ten was like the unquestioned best conference in basketball. Like just playing in the Big Ten made you a good team, and like they got ten teams in, and like two were standing after the first weekend. Like 
I, I do like I look at a lot of these Big Twelve teams and I like them, but at the same time, like I keep wondering, are, are we maybe crowning them too early? Well, I mean, I, I would say this: when they play at a conference, they've they've fared decently well. And you know, I want to start with Kansas. Kansas right. to me, what Bill Self has done this year is is mystifying. I mean, it, it shouldn't be overlooked, and I think it's probably taken for granted. That Kansas, oh yeah, it's Kansas. Of course they're good. Well, they lost two guys that went in the first round of the NBA draft, six of their top eight starters. They won a national championship, and now here we go again. They're top ten in the country, uh, and you know Jalen Wilson probably won't win National Player of the Year, but certainly is worthy of the discussion. Is probably a first team All American. I mean, what Bill Self has done this year is really, really impressive. And they've gone on the road. They've won some games on the road. Ugly, uh, you know, beating TCU on the road, beating Oklahoma State on the road, um, you know, going into Rupp, which seems like a better win now because Kentucky's playing much better and winning that game, you know, coming off a loss. So I, I don't know because I look at Baylor, for instance, and I could see Baylor winning a national championship again. But I also could see them, because of the struggles that they have defensively, getting bounced in the second round. I mean, they got some grown men in that backcourt. And look, I bet against them last night, and I was wrong. Oklahoma State is working themselves off the bubble here. They've lost four in a row. Um, In the wrong direction. (laughs) Yeah, they're working. Yeah, they're going going the wrong way. Um, Well, somehow North Carolina may be working themselves into the NCAA tournament, which is amazing. Um, But yeah, to answer your question, I mean, look at... West Virginia, man, they went they went into Fog Allen this weekend and played their butts off, and they're six and eleven in that conference. I mean, here's the thing, and you always hear it, but it's true. There really is no easy layup in that conference. I mean, Oklahoma's the worst team, as I put up air quotes right now. They're fourteen and fifteen, and they just smacked Iowa State on the road, and they beat Alabama by thirty. <laughs> yes, so I think that to your question about. How good is the Big 12? Are we over? Are we are we lofting them up too much? I think that point right there that you made on January 28th, Alabama came into Oklahoma and lost by 24 points. That kind of to me and I think the SEC is a is is down this year. I think that's a fair fair criticism of that conference, but still, the best team in that conference got smoked by Oklahoma, who is the worst team in the Big 12. Yeah, it's kind of a, I don't know, there's always like, you know, the, uh, I believe it's Bud Elliott that says, whenever Wake Forest and Pitt are duking it out in the ACC in football, that's kind of the canary in the, goal, in the coal mine that, that <laughs> they're actually, it's not a good league. Like, I know this Alabama team is very good, but doesn't it really, like the fact that Kentucky is I mean they're they're at least trending, but you know they haven't been formidable. Like Florida down. Though, like I, I feel like the programs that you need to be good when they're not good. Like yeah, then Alabama can step up. Well, I'll tell you what. To a man, you think any one of those two seeds, whether it be Arizona, Baylor, Texas, Kansas State, UCLA, you think they want to see Kentucky in a second round matchup? Hell no, because <laughs> they got talent. And and that's it seems to be coming together at the right time. I mean, we are a long ways away from the South Carolina loss for Kentucky. I mean, this is a team that has now swept Tennessee, who I think is, 
you know, overrated and probably will they, have an they early do need, exit I will this say year. They need to get healthy, but watching them play offense is such a chore. Tennessee? Yeah, Tennessee. Like, they need oh, to get it. Like, they're, they're missing, like, they're missing two key players. But, like, God, watching them play offense is just insufferable. And that's what and that's what it all trickles down to this year is what what are the teams that can do it on both sides? Because I mentioned Baylor. They're off, awesome offensively. They stink on the defensive side of the ball. Gonzaga, they are coming into form offensively. I still have massive questions about their defense, you know, and then you could flip it. You could look at Tennessee, great defense, pretty below average offense. St. Mary's, great defense, eh, offense. You know, it's that that's that's going to be the interesting dynamic of of this NCAA tournament is are there going is there going to be a team that is an extreme, whether it be really good offensively or really good defensively that can make the run. And there's so many contrasting styles. Alabama, go, 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 go. Second in adjusted tempo, while Houston, on the other hand, is like at the at the bottom of the, of the country in adjusted tempo. They're going to grind it out. It's going to be a slow, you know, uh, low possession games. And that's why, once again, I, I go back to, I think this tournament is going to be so fascinating to see which style ultimately prevails or if it at the end of the day like most years it's a team that does a little bit of both you know whether it is uh, a Purdue who's top 20 in both offensive and defensive efficiency or Kansas or UCLA that, that's that's the beauty of of what we're going to see here in a couple weeks what did you make of that Gonzaga St. Mary's game because those good kids from Spokane have made me a lot of money over the years and, and I think the world of them and and they're just men of high integrity. But, man, watching that game, I was like, I don't believe in either of these teams. I would say I I don't believe in St. Mary's as much as I believe in Gonzaga. Um, and, you know, St. Mary's, I just – I have a hard time trusting teams that can't score easily. And St. Mary's has got some players, right? They've, they've got Aiden Mahaney, who's a really talented freshman. And Logan Johnson played really well on Saturday night in Spokane. But they can go in these stretches where they go ice cold. And you saw it in the first Gonzaga game where they were fortunate enough to pull that one out in overtime or the Loyola Marymount game. And we knew that, that they were going into a, a hornet's nest on Saturday night. And the line told you as much, right? It yeah. opened five and went to six. It was like, okay, Gonzaga's going to put it on them. And and give St. Mary's credit, right? They got punched in the mouth and came back, battled back in the second half. But, you know, and then that's what I kind of go back to. Every team's got flaws. And, and ultimately, one of these teams, like North Carolina last year, which I think we've gotten to the point where it's fair to say, they were just a team that got hot for a month. It doesn't really feel like they're a good basketball program right now, or a good basketball team. I don't want to say program, but they got hot at the right time. Is Gonzaga getting hot at the right time? Are they fattening up on inferior competition? It's possible, but they are also, if you look at the metrics, elite offensively. They are number one in offensive efficiency. They're number two in effective field goal percentage. They're top 30 in three-point percentage. They're top five in two-point field goal percentage. I mean, this is a team that seems to be kind of getting into this form, and they're going to be able to put up points on anybody. And you mentioned Alabama. 
They put up 100 on Alabama back in December, right? So this is a team that does test themselves. They've had some grinders. Uh, They lost that game to Baylor early on in the season, got beat up pretty good by Purdue. But it feels like, and maybe I'm falling into the trap, but it feels like since that awakening in that loss at home against Loyola Marymount, this Gonzaga team has kind of turned it on, and they're going to be probably on the four line if they take care of business, maybe even a three. If they take care of business out here in Las Vegas, because they're going to pick up another quad one win, uh, maybe two. I'm trying to think. At world-famous Orleans Arena, baby. Yeah. Uh, Spokane South, you mean. Mm. Yeah. It's going to be popping. I was thinking about, uh, I have yet to go to the West Coast Conference Tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm headed out of town next week, so I won't get to see the championship. I was like, do I want to go to those first-round no. games on Thursday night? <laughs> I, l- let, me, let me help you out. I have been to the West Coast Conference Tournament at Orleans Arena. No. No, you don't. Pepperdine Santa Clara is just a war of which team which team wants to lose the most. That's a but bad basketball game. Also, the uh, the NIT is uh, the NIT Final Four. I found out just the other day things that you learn sometimes. It is here in in Las Vegas. I was like, really, really, yeah. No more Madison Square that? Garden. Yeah, the Orleans will be hosting the West Coast Conference and the NIT semifinals. They're not even putting it in T-Mobile. <laughs> no. Put in the Orleans. Yeah, I mean, probably the Knights got some game. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, uh, can I give? I had this rant on Twitter. Um, can I give? I need to give the West Coast Conference though some credit because Not, I don't know if you can do that on my show. Go ahead. But though. but what they do is they rig the field. Oh yeah, no, it's awesome for their best teams. And I, what I don't understand is these one bid leagues out there. You know. I grew up in the D.C. area, lived there for a long time. The MEAC, right? The uh, the HBCU conference with for sure. Howard and Morgan State, et cetera. They go to Virginia and play in front of nobody, and there's just no advantage for the best team. I'm like, you guys do realize you want your best team to advance to the tournament because then you can make more money, right? Like Oral Roberts in the Summit League, who's awesome, if anyone hasn't seen them, they score a ton of points. But now they have to go to Sioux Falls, South Dakota, play in a one-and-done situation. They are not a good enough team to get in on merit alone. They have to win their auto bid. And it's like, what's the point of going 18-0 and in your conference when you have to go on the road and win three games in four days? So conferences out there, please rig the field if you're a one-bid league. It just There's only four conference tournaments now that are played on home courts. The America East, which is always the... 11 a.m. Eastern time yep. game on the Saturday. I can see Holy Cross time. right now. Holy Cross is Patriot, man. Oh, sorry. My apologies. Yeah, Patriot League also does it. Col- Colgate up there in Hamilton, New York. That's a good squad, by the way. Um, the Atlantic Sun, which is going on now. And uh, there's one more. But, yeah, it's uh, it's wild. Ivy, doesn't, doesn't the Ivy League play? The Ivy, like, randomly picks. So they're in Princeton this year. So it's kind of a, a neutral site. But... Uh, there's my there's your rant for the day. Northeast Conference too. Shouts to uh, Fairleigh Dickinson. All right, what's looking good on the board tonight? I'm on Boise State. I'm a roll with the Broncos. God, that's gross. Yes, it that's is uh, another one of our uh, situations, our special situations where we have the unranked team at home, a favorite against the ranked team. Um, what do we have here, ladies and gentlemen? We have a Boise State team who just lost on the road at San Jose State in overtime, and we've got San Diego State who. Per Bart Torvik is a top five team in the country the past month of the year. And I can't wait to bet against them in the tournament. 
and they just won a game on a buzzer beater, quick turnaround, two altitude, revenge spot. It's everything you could dream of, and the market's moving in favor of Boise State, so we are rolling with the Broncos tonight. I wish they were on blue turf or blue basketball court, but Boise State is uh, is what I'm rolling with tonight. Uh, a lot of people do like Arkansas catching the points against Tennessee. Um, that line's moved down from... Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.